Welcome to the Misty Bloom Book Club. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. It's me, Ada, your host, giving you the absolute most. <laughs> In this episode, I will be reviewing The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby Dare. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. How about we start with me sketching out the basic plot? The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby Dari is written in the first person, the I, and it follows the story of 14-year-old, semi-literate, but spunky and brave Aduni, who narrates her life story to us in broken English. So the entire novel is written in broken English. Obviously, because like I said, Aduni is barely literate because she had to drop out of primary school. And when she could even attend, her parents were barely affording school. But when when her mom died, she had to drop out entirely because by himself, her alcoholic, deadbeat dad could not afford school and does not prioritize education, especially not for girls. And actually, the first scene in the novel is Adonis' father giving her away at 14 as a child bride, third wife, to a much older man. And he does this just to make money off of her dowry. And so the novel follows Adonis' experiences as a child bride and managing the dynamics of a polygamous household at 14 years old. It made me sick. There's a lot of really intense engrossing stuff that happens in this part of the novel, but you have to read it to find out. I'm not going to spoil it for you. In the second half of the novel, Adoni escapes from the marriage and ends up in Lagos as a domestic servant, and there's some other super sad but thrilling events that take place. And in between all of these child bride slash domestic servant horrors that Adoni endures, it's the dream of going back to school and completing her education and being given the chance to someday change the course of her destiny that keeps her hopeful. So that's the gist of the novel, but let me back up. Because I use so many pretty politically correct words. I'm just going to say how it is. Out of respect to our spunky heroine, Adonis, and call it like it is. In the first half of The Girl with the Louding Voice, Adonis' father sex traffics her to a pedophile. And in the second half of the novel, Adonis is sold and trafficked again into slavery. So yeah, gotta call a thing a thing. So before I tell you what I loved about The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby Dari, I'm going to admit a few things. First, I didn't plan on reading two books by Nigerian authors authors in the same season, but it just happened that way. Um, I was skeptical of this book, but Curiosity won me over. It has an interesting, catchy title. I loved the book cover. It is so bright and colorful. Check out the photo on my social media. So thumbs up for the clever marketing on The Girl with the Louding Voice. But the real reason I was skeptical was I'd heard all this buzz about the girl-child education theme of this novel, and so the way it was publicized seemed like it would be more like a UNICEF skit less like a fulsome story. That was the impression I got from all of the novel's publicity. Also, I had some strong reservations about the novel being written in broken English. I've seen this before years ago when I read Beasts of No Nation by Uzadima Iweala, and I hated the use of the broken English in Beasts of No Nation. In my opinion, it was poorly done. It was obviously a contrived plot device. I believe in using broken English sparingly, but not for the entire novel. 
I did the same in my book Oibo. Gosife speaks broken English, but an entire novel written in broken English? Uh, things weren't stacking up well for the girl with the louding voice, but I gave it a chance and I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so here's what I loved about The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby Dare. This novel has a lot of action and adventure and heart. Adeni will give you all the warm fuzzies, you'll root for her, you'll be cheering her on. It's a very endearing novel. That's my best descriptor for this novel, endearing. I mentioned that the girl with the louding voice has a lot of action. This author is fantastic at writing action scenes that feel very fast-paced and immediate. For example, Adunis' trip with Khadija, Adunis running away from her village, her encounter with her little brother, her encounter with Big Daddy later on in the book. Action is Abidari's forte and she does it Wow. I told you this novel is written in broken English, but it was surprisingly effective because the use of broken English and the girl with the louding voice felt rustic. Aduni uses plain, homely, unadorned language, and so the horrific events felt to me as a reader even more disturbing. Ugly, coarse, had an elemental crudeness because Aduni does not use fancy words to pretty up what happens to her. I'll read you a few samples for your broken English listening enjoyment. All my body have collapsed. My head, it is telling myself to get up. Aduni, get up, get up and run. But my arms and legs is not making sense with itself. I feel like going to toilet. And as I'm thinking of it, hot piss is flooding my dress, covering the whole floor. My heart is in my ears, banging, boom, boom, boom. So that not only gave you the broken English, but also gave you a taste of the well-written action scenes. Here's another. Something have snatched my voice. Cold is spreading rashes over my body. I am finished. Killed. Dead. What will I do? Where will I go? And one more. My heart is running fast and beating hard and making me want to piss. So I pinched something from my uniform a red thread, and roll it around and around in my fingers until it is a small knot, a thread full stop. I thought this sentence was genius. In my opinion, Abidari was very thoughtful and skillful about her use of broken English. It didn't take away at all from the novel. Something else I picked up on is that while this novel is written in broken English, I did come away feeling that the author is perfectly capable of writing good fiction in standard English. I saw glimpses of this and that the use of broken English is not a cover for her inability to write good stories. For example, here are a few sentences I found. There are voices in the air, plenty women singing afar off, a moaning song of no words, a song of sorrows. Or this one. The river is dark green, the water curling like a tongue around the gray rocks on the edge, licking the golden brown leaves between the rocks. Well, here's another one. We drive home like dead bodies in a coffin. Nobody is talking or moving. The car feels too small, coffin sized, the cold air from the aircon so dry, my lips feel like fish scales. We are breathing though, hard fast breathing, slow heavy breathing. We're saying many things with our breathing. We just don't talk, don't say a word. I also said that this novel has heart. When I compare 14 year old Adoni to grown woman, Juletan, in the previous episode, episode 8 of the Misty Bloom Book Club, it makes me want to underscore just how whack-ass the character Juletan is. 
Aduni and Julie Tan are both characters forced into polygamy. However, Aduni is a child that was trafficked by her own father. Julie Tan is a woman that was deceived by the man she loves, but she's an adult that could technically do something to change her circumstances. Her passivity was unacceptable. You always got to put up a fight. No matter how feeble or short-lived, just fight. Aduni puts Julie Tan to shame. Also, the girl with the louding voice is what the White Tiger, which I reviewed in episode 7 of the Misty Bloom Book Club, should have been. Abby Dari's The Girl with the Louding Voice is a much better example of storytelling of hardship and destitution because it has heart and warmth. While The White Tiger felt like a cold reporting of poverty facts, which I found unappealing. So something else I found to be admired about The Girl with the Louding Voice is that even though by the time the novel starts, Adonis's mother is deceased. I like that the author managed to keep her deceased mother omnipresent throughout the novel. It's not an easy thing for an author to do, and Abby Dari did this well. It was quite impressive. Okay, so there you go, ladies and gents. I really enjoyed reading this novel. Adani is a courageous girl, and she tells a difficult but thrilling story, which I think you should read. I enjoyed reading this novel. It was hard to put down. Do you know what's also super hard to put down? My novel, Oyibo, spelled O-Y-I-B-O. Check it out on Amazon. Okay, so let's talk about what I didn't like quite as much about The Girl with a Louding Voice by Abby Dare. I felt like the novel's storylines were too compartmentalized. Like the characters had very strict roles to play and had to stay in the boxes the author assigned to them. It's like, here is a bad guy, and therefore he is not allowed to have any redeeming qualities whatsoever. Oh, and look over there. It's a nice lady, and she's flawlessly beautiful and endlessly good. And who do we have over here? An evil, evil woman who's ugly and fat. It was all so elementary, my goodness. I found the author to be severely lacking in the art of subtlety and nuance. I did see that there was a slight attempt to give a little bit of modulation to Adonis' employer, but it was a little too late and awkwardly done. Even the ending was happy and tidy with a cute little bow on it. (laughs) Adonis definitely deserved a happy ending. But there are ways to make happy endings a bit more layered and interesting. If I want cutesy, I'd read Meg Cabot or Emily Giffen. If I could give this author any advice, I'd suggest she work on the art of subtlety and nuance. This would really elevate her future work. And the same applies to any prospective writers listening, I beg you. Give your characters and storylines textures and shades of meaning. Don't make them flat and one-dimensional, please. Tied closely to this is that I felt like while the characters had strict roles, the storylines were also boxed in. The story didn't overall feel fluid. Like when Aduni escaped to Lagos, it was like her past never happened. It never came to bear on Aduni's new present and vice versa. It was like two separate stories in the same book. Only Aduni's deceased mother, who I mentioned earlier, was consistently present throughout the novel. It was weird to just have the characters in Aduni's past evaporate like they never happened. Super strange. Also, there were one too many deus ex machinas. It was painful. Tia, Kofi, Khadija, Ia, and Abu were all deus ex machinas. That's five characters, and one is too many. Ugh. For those who don't know, deus ex machina is a Latin phrase that translates 
translates into God from the machine. And what that means in fiction is a person or thing or event that's introduced into a situation solely to solve the protagonist's problems. It's like Aduni gets into all these problems and rescuers suddenly appear. <laughs> it was so annoying to see far too many deus ex machinas. I know Aduni is a child, she's only 14, and of course needs all the help she can get. And these side characters can help her along her way. But Aduni should ultimately be her own savior. Even though there were several deus ex machinas, I'm gonna pick on Tia. I knew the relationship between Tia and Aduni was gonna cause all sorts of problems for the story structure and drag down the plot into the realm of not only boring, but ludicrous. I saw it coming. The friendship between Tia and Aduni was not believable, it was nonsensical. I can conceive of a relationship based on kindness, benevolence, you know, like Tia being Aduni's mentor slash kind benefactor, or a relationship of convenience or one that exists for very practical reasons, like the other house girl in the novel, Shisome with her mistress Caroline. But a true genuine two-way confident BFF relationship between Aduni and Tia was beyond the realm of believability. I twitched every single time Adoni and Tia got together. Even though the others I mentioned before, Khadija, Kofi, Ia, and Abu, were very clearly deus ex machinas, it was slightly easier to suspend believability with them. For instance, Khadija was also married to Adoni's husband, so she felt like a partner in crime. But the others, especially Tia, had no stakes in Adoni's success. Of course, in real life, it does happen, even though rare, where people do not have ulterior motives and are just helping from the kindness of their hearts. But in the world of fiction, altruism is implausible and does not give stories depth. Are you listening, writers? Okay, moving on from that. The author spent so much time describing Lagos. I get that it was Adoni's first time in the big city, and it's extremely important to the narrative to show Adoni's reaction to the new city. But I also think that authors tend to forget that they are not the first to introduce their beloved country or city to the reader. So there's no need to be exhaustive in describing a place if you do your job well as a writer and arouse curiosity in the reader for a place, they will Google or watch YouTube videos. And here's another writing tip. Guys, I'm just dropping all these valuable gems and writing secrets here. You can either give the reader a quick and dirty sense of place up front and move on or sprinkle it throughout the narrative. We came for a work of fiction not a geography or anthropology textbook. Okay, something I found quite irritating was that there were a few weird scenes that were so random and stupid, like the exchange between the Uber driver and Tia. It was so bad, guys. You have to read it. Also, Tia's fertility revelation was so painfully early 90s Nollywood. It was so bad. Taken straight from 1992. <laughs> then at one point, Aduni says, not history, I say. My own will be called her story. Aduni's story. I mean, that was a straight up no. Her story is so played out. Also, what was the point of Aduni's mom's former suitor showing up in a scene for like five seconds and we never heard about him again or from him again? He was beyond irrelevant to everything. He didn't add anything to the story. I honestly thought he'd show up later to play the role that Tia was given. These plot holes and randoms were just one too many. I was so frustrated by these things because otherwise, the girl with the louding voice is so competently written, it is fresh and well done, and then you have Tia and all these other elementary issues that compromise the competency of the novel. 
not cool. <laughs> so those are the issues I identified with The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby Dari. And quick reminder that you can support this podcast by becoming a member of the Misty Bloom Book Club. There are awesome member benefits, or if membership is not your thing, you can leave me a nice tip in the tip jar. Go to mistybloom.com for our details. Okay, I have to say the broken English brought Nigerian pigeon English to mind, and I'd just like to take the opportunity to have a quick conversation on Nigerian pigeon. And pigeon as in P-I-D-G-I-N, not pigeon as in the bird. <laughs> and the reason I want to talk about it is because people often mistake broken English with pigeon English. And to me, there is a massive difference. For example, if to say, if you want to do this podcast with pigeon, nobody ever would go feel understanding by the end. See? I just alienated 99% of my listeners. But if I were to say the same in broken English, it'll be a little bit easier to understand me. A lot of non-native new English speakers in the U.S. and around the world speak broken English. You know how people mix up their tenses, pronouns, mix up singular versus plural and all that stuff. That's broken English. And it varies from person to person depending on their proximity to fluency. Pidgin, however, it's its own established, although still continually evolving language with a lexicon, syntax, semantics, phonetics, etc. Nigerian pidgin is comparable to like uh, Jamaican patois, Sierra Leonean Creole. I love Nigerian pidgin. It sounds Shakespearean, musical, just yummy in your ears. <laughs> to me, it's one of the most beautiful languages that exists and I wish I were fluent in it. I don't know that Nigerian pidgin has been widely studied, if at all, but if there are any linguists out there that are listening, I think it's a fascinating, fascinating highly underrated, underappreciated language to sink your teeth into. Just putting it out there. <laughs> now that I'm done gushing about my love for pigeon, <laughs> let's do the personality profiling of the author Abidari, where I tell you what I think she may be like as a person. And now is actually the perfect time to like this episode, leave a comment, share, and subscribe to the podcast so you can get alerts for upcoming episodes. Also sign up for my mailing list. I promise it is lit. Click around mistybloom.com for all the information. As always, thank you guys for your support. So, Abby Dari came across to me like a quintessentially nice person. You know, pleasant and agreeable, fairly easy to get along with, maybe a little shy. But that's what I could gather about Abby Dari's personality from reading of a girl with the louding voice. Let me know if I hit it out of the park or missed the mark. So guys, this was fun, but I gotta go. Let me know what you think of Abby Dari's of a girl with the louding voice. Thank you for hanging out with me on this episode of the Misty Bloom Book Club. Don't forget to like, share, leave a comment, and subscribe. To find me on social media or to contact me for sponsorship opportunities, or if you'd like to become a member of the Misty Bloom Book Club and enjoy all of those wonderful perks, go to www.mistybloom.com for all of my information. Be sure to check out my novel, Oibo, spelled O-Y-I-B-O, exclusively available on Amazon. Until next time, keep reading, stay lit, peace and love.